0: I can send ten dollars from my house in the United States to my friend David in El Salvador instantly and at no cost over Twitter. Why would anyone ever use Western Union again?
1: Hello there from the United States. Yes, I'm still here, I'm still traveling around, still getting lots of cool interviews in. Lots more time here. I'm going to be here for another, I think, about five weeks, going all over the place, meeting lots of people, and just thanks as ever. You're so kind. I love the hospitality I receive here, I love the food, I love everything about being here over in the US. Anyway, welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I'm using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got a massive interview. I've got my boy, Jack Malazan. We're going to be discussing the massive announcement yesterday that Twitter has added Bitcoin payments But before that, I do have a message from my show sponsors, and today we kick off with sportsbet.io, which is the very best place for online gaming, because they're such badasses, they accept Bitcoin. They get it. They know you need to accept Bitcoin. Now the football season is going. Normal order has been resumed. Liverpool are crushing it. Tottenham are getting crushed. And as ever, if you want to have a bet, the best place to go is sportsbet.io. But listen, if you don't like football, they've got everything else covered. They've got tennis, they've got motorsports, they've got all the US sports, they even have esports. And for new customers, they always have a range of promotions available. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions, which is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T.io forward slash promotions. And next up, we have Exodus Wallet, who I am using as my mobile and desktop wallet for my Bitcoin. And now, as you know, because you're a regular listener, right? You're always here you always hearing me ragging on about how important UX is. So when the Exodus team reached out to me and they're like, Pete, we want to sponsor the show. I was like, well, i got to play with this. i got to check it out. And you know what? UX is amazing. So easy to use this wallet, which is why I am happy to recommend it to you, my friends, and my family. Now, Exodus Desktop gives you a way to secure and manage your Bitcoin in one beautiful application. And with their mobile wallet, you can send and receive safely using a QR code or address, knowing that Exodus automatically checks all addresses for errors. Now, if you want to check this out, please head over to Exodus.com or search for Exodus in the Google or Apple App Stores. Also, let's talk about Casa, the safest way for you to store your Bitcoin. Now, have you got your shit together with this? How are you storing your Bitcoin? Have you got it on exchange? Is it just a single wallet? Now listen, forgotten passwords, SIM swaps and phishing attacks, there are just too many ways for you to get that hard-earned Bitcoin lost or stolen. But with Casa, you never have to worry about your Bitcoin again. You see, with a Casa multi sig wallet, you take custody of your Bitcoin, but you only move Bitcoin by signing transactions from multiple wallets, and you get to distribute these wallets into different locations. This protects you from a range of mistakes, errors, and vulnerabilities. Now, if you want to find out more about this, you can drop me an email, you can hit me up on my Twitter DMs. I've been a customer for a year, I'm not going anywhere else. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa, which is K E Y S. C-A-S-A. Okay, on to the show, and it's a massive one. I've got my boy, my buddy, Mr. Jack Mallers back on the show today. Now, yesterday he dropped some incredible news. Strike and Twitter have teamed up, and now you can send money using the Lightning Network via Twitter. The announcement is even bigger than Twitter, though. Strike is going to be opening up their API so anyone can plug in and get connected to the world's most open monetary network. So the floodgates are open. I imagine over the next few months and years, we're going to see a lot of companies come onto the Bitcoin network. A lot of companies are going to be adding lightning payments. Maybe the Luddites won't. There'll be a few left behind, but there will be winners and losers. But you have to be part of this open monetary network. And you know what Jack's like. You've heard him on the show recently. You know he's going to kill it. You know know you're going to love this. You know he's going to come out with some bombs. Well, anyway, he did as ever. So look, I've said enough. Let me pass you on to Jack. Hope you enjoy this. If you've got any questions, you can hit me up on my email. It's hello at did.com, or you can come join my Telegram group. All right, over to Jack Mellers for some knowledge of bombs. Jack, how are you, man? Yo, Pistol Pete. What's up? Jack Mullers. What's up? Um, kind of a big day, dude. What the fuck? Not only do you go and onboard a country, you now gone and onboarded one of the biggest social networks in the world. What the hell dude, this is unbelievable.
0: Um, I don't know what to say. I'm pumped, I'm fired up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, uh, but at the same time, it's what's supposed to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the singular best monetary network in human history. And so I'd expect nothing less than a country that needs it most to hop on board and an internet company who has a global audience that can communicate instantly for free globally but can't send money instantly for free and globally. So this is all according to plan as far as Bitcoin goes. Um, but it's a good day. It's a good day.
1: I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to take it all in and realize how big a deal this is. Uh, and I've got so many questions, so many questions. But uh, let's start. Give me the background because it's uh, quite a big deal that you've just integrated Strike with Twitter. I just saw the video. Of you sending money via Twitter to a guy in El Salvador who can now use that to buy coffee. Uh, the synergy with the El Salvador project is very, very cool. But uh, tell me how this all happened. What happened? I'm so, I'm so fascinated.
0: Yeah. Well, so to highlight the announcement, so we launched the Strike API. So up until now, Strike was known as predominantly a mobile application, and as a mobile application that allowed you to interoperate with. The Bitcoin and Lightning Network with fiat. Now, that is a ton of fancy word salad. What that actually means is that we believe that the Bitcoin and Lightning Network is the best monetary network in the world to achieve instant free global cash finality, instant settlement of money. And instead of making you use Bitcoin to spend, no one wants to spend their Bitcoin, right? You want to hodl your Bitcoin. It's the best savings technology of all time, the digital version of gold. So we let you link a debit card, link a checking account and make normal payments, and under the hood, we use the Bitcoin network to escrow those payments around the world to make it instant and free. And so predominantly, we've been known as a mobile app, and you can download Strike, you can get this really novel experience, this disruptive experience. But today, we're announcing our API. So we're taking that infrastructure that enables that experience, and we're letting anyone in the world make use of it. And the first partner of that API is Twitter. And so that's the big announcement. And there are broad, long-reaching implications of Twitter integrating this and with our API being accessible and public to more and more companies, more and more entrepreneurs, more and more developers, businesses, merchants. Um, But that is the announcement, and it's a huge deal. And over the coming weeks and months, we'll integrate with more businesses, both small and some of the largest companies in the world, and we will make it public eventually. Uh, after a few more tests,
1: so just to explain to people what fin- you know finality means because I'm sure some people listening don't truly understand what that is. I've got a lot of new listeners; they will think that if they're using a debit card or a credit card, you know that is achieving cash finality. But explain what cash finality with Bitcoin actually means.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm actually uh, talking about physical bare instrument finality. So not finality according to Visa, who's managing a whole load of credit when they give you finality in assessing counterparty risk and balance sheet float. I'm talking about when I send $10 from here to El Salvador, does the 10 US paper dollars actually land in another country instantly and at no cost? No. Of course not. Someone like Western Union is fronting the money to me that's sitting in Western Union so someone can pick it up and they're going to do. And they're, in the legacy financial system, Peter, there's never been a physical bare instrument that can achieve physical cash finality, physical settlement, physical bare instrument clearance. They're, we're dealing, talking about paper. We're talking about a rock. We're talking about what are other forms of money in human history? Shark teeth. We're talking about coins how can a coin go from the usa to japan it can't now what i'm saying for bitcoin is the most innovative monetary network in human history why because a, a precursor to having instant global cash finality is the physical bear instrument has to be digital there's nothing that can travel across the world instantly and at no cost right so now you have a digital bear instrument and the physical Bitcoin can actually go from the USA to Japan instantly and at no cost. And that's what I'm saying. And it also requires no intermediaries. It also requires no trust. And so you're starting to see where a visa escrowing value from the USA to Japan, there's limits because of my credit score. There's counterparty risk for settlement. There's a fee for to receive because of the fixed associated costs and all the intermediaries required for them that they get charged, right? And so now all of a sudden... All that's removed, you can achieve that physical settlement globally uh, instantly at no cost and uh, for free with Bitcoin Amazing! for the first time in human history.
1: All right. So tell me how this works. Tell me, because I haven't had a chance to play with it. I've seen your video. It looks pretty cool. But like, how does this all work? What's the deal with the integration?
0: It's super simple. So to enable it on your Twitter account, you go to your settings, you turn on tips, and you just enter your strike username. And then anyone in the world can go to your Twitter account, click tip, enter the amount, and they're presented a global interoperable Lightning Network QR code, right? And you can pay that from any interoperable, any Lightning wallet, any service that interoperates from anywhere in the world. And the user on the receiving end just gets dollars. So let's envision, for example, a user who has a Lightning interoperable wallet in Japan with Japanese yen. And they want to tip me. What's going to happen is they're going to generate a tip on my Twitter account and say, I want to tip Jack five bucks because he's the man, because I am the man. So, what's going to happen is they're going to click five, type in, you're the man, and then hit open wallet. It's going to open their Japanese interoperable Lightning wallet that's going to be presented in the equivalent amount of yen. And they're going to hit send. That yen is going to be debited, converted into Bitcoin, zipped. From Japan across oceans, across borders, across countries, and land in Chicago, Illinois, USA, in my Twitter account, and be converted right back into dollars. So I just get instantly spendable dollars, non reversible dollars, that instant global payment was free, I didn't have to wait eight days, I didn't have to walk to a Western Union, and we're only interfacing with fiat currencies, what we're actually doing is we're using the Bitcoin and Lightning monetary rail under the hood to make for more efficient global settlement, and that is so, so powerful, Um, and that's why it's such a massive deal too, as Twitter has 200
1: million active daily users. Do you have to have a Strike account? Do you have to connect your Strike wallet? Today. Today. Today.
0: And I'm not going to speak on any of Twitter's future plans, both with us and outside of Strike. Um, But the very first version, uh, you have to have a Strike account to receive, but you don't have a Strike account, have to have a Strike account to send, right? Because you can make a a Lightning payment with any Lightning wallet that exists in the world, any interoperable service on the network.
1: How close are we to getting Strike in the UK then? Super close. (laughs) So as part of the (laughs)
0: announcement... um, I know we're working with you know many companies uh, on rolling out into more and more regions. So we'll be in Europe uh, and you know hopefully the UK before this year is over, and then uh, many other countries that I, I will not yet hint at, um, but we're getting really aggressive with our global rollout.
1: Okay, but with Strike, you now support, whilst you support dollars, you also support Bitcoin, right? You can have Bitcoin or dollars in your account? So Mm -hmm. can you choose to receive the Bitcoin or does it have to convert to the dollars?
0: Not today. You can in the future, but you can always just receive the dollars, then flip over to the Bitcoin tab and smash buy with them. So right now it's an extra, extra manual step, but we plan on enabling the future. You know, right at strike, we, we everyone knows we operate with wait lists. We operate with slow rollouts. I care tremendously about the quality of the products we release. And so we're taking our time. We're working in conjunction with Twitter. That's why 100% of the world on iOS right now can send and soon to be Android, but only 1% right now about can receive. And we're going to gradually roll that out. We're in no rush. I mean, we're talking about dematerializing all existing money functions onto a singular monetary standard. And that's a big deal. And, uh, we're not in, in too much of a rush to do that. I'd rather get it right than, than get it fast.
1: It's That seems to be how Twitter has done things anyway, right? I've always thought it's like Facebook as the hare and Twitter as the tortoise and lots of people <laughs> screaming for features they've always wanted with Twitter. Twitter's always stayed relatively simple. It itself has always felt like it's moved slowly.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've been a pleasure to work with. And uh, no, I think that speaks to the quality of their product and, and I have similar product visions and ambitions as well. I think... Uh, building a high quality product uh, takes time, it takes iterating and it takes patience, it takes being a good listener. Yeah. Uh, and so there's no such thing as rolling something perfect out all at once. Uh, perfect is, is actually no feasible destination. Iterating constantly um, is the only viable way to build a, a product and service that's constantly improving. And so I'm glad we're in line on that on mm-hmm. that principle. And uh, so that's the way we're
1: going to do it. And it's pretty cool that Jack Dorsey, being a Bitcoiner, is he- heavily involved with Twitter. Um, I always feel like he's driven by the mission rather than the money. I mean, I think he's got more money than he can ever spend anymore anyway. He seems to be fully bought into the Bitcoin mission. So uh, I think I think it's a fortunate place we're in where he is you know, heavily connected to Twitter.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, t- so we can start to get into... The broad ranging impact that this has, because on its face, it may seem like Twitter just added another tipping method. You could also use Cash App to tip. Um, there's a lot that it is far, far fetched that does not meet the eye initially. So one, the Bitcoin and Lightning Network is the only global, inherently global monetary network in the world. And it also achieves, like we've described, settlement instantly and
1: at no cost. What do you right? mean by that? Like, so, I, look, I understand. I've spent a lot of time with you over the last few months. But it's good for you to explain what what you mean by the o- only global monetary network, because there are plenty of other monetary networks out there. Like, what do you mean by the only global one?
0: It's It's the only natively global one, native. So to have a natively global monetary network requires first as a precursor, a native global currency, a currency and an asset that works everywhere in the world, that's not issued by a nation state, that doesn't have oversight regulation. So, that would require an asset that is resistant to central parties, resistant to government, resistance to governance, and that its consensus rules and monetary policy is enforced by code and by a distributed network, right? I'm very hinting at Bitcoin. So, Bitcoin is the only naturally global asset. Bitcoin in the monetary network and monetary policy, it works the same as it in Japan, as it does in Chicago, as it does in Colombia, as it does in El Salvador, right? So it's naturally global in that sense. It knows no nation state. It knows no governance. And so you have a bare physical digital asset in that sense. And then monetary network that underpins it, all you need to do to interact with it is have an internet connection and be compliant with the monetary standard. Be compliant, be able to speak the Lightning Network invoice. That's it right? Mm-hmm. And so the Western Union network is actually not naturally global. It's patched together in a global way. And they need to work with these banks and these regulators and these processors. And that's where you get all these fixed costs and expensive fees. If Western Union could charge you 1%, they would, they can't, they'd lose money if they charge you 1% because the amount of intermediaries, fixed costs, Credit risk, balance sheet float, Forex currency exposure, cost of capital that they incur to pull off a global experience is tremendously expensive and outdated. And now you have an open, global, native monetary network to the world that does all of that instant for free and at no cost.
1: Well, we need to talk about the implications of this.
0: So I'll take a sip of my beer first. <laughs> mm. So I, I'd li- I like drawing this akin to the internet. Let's talk about the internet for a second. You know, there once was a world, Pete, where in order for me to send you a message, I would write it on a thinly carved slice of wood and and have a pigeon fly it to wherever you are right now and hope that you read it for me to ask, how are you? I miss you, right? Now I do that over the internet. Now pigeons flying with notes became email, right? My TV became YouTube. My social network became Facebook. The global conversation became Twitter. Now, what that, that I'm describing the transformation and dematerialization of the internet. The internet dematerialized all existing bifurcated, segregated, independent, localized communications networks. Right? Maybe the newspaper in South Africa was published on Wednesday. The newspaper here in Chicago was published on Monday. The newspaper in San Francisco was published on Sunday maybe pigeons fly in San Francisco year round because it rarely snows but in the winter in Chicago messages were delayed because you were riding horse carriages through the snow and pigeons weren't flying because they migrated south right all of a sudden you took all these independent segregated networks that were optimized to communicate they were expensive they were inefficient, they had fixed costs, they had legacy, right? All of these things that you hear me describe on existing monetary networks today, and they all got crushed. And they all got dematerialized. And they all migrated onto one singular open communications protocol for the world. And that is the internet. And the internet as as an open communications protocol worked naturally everywhere. Didn't matter if you're in El Salvador. El Salvador people have internet and use Facebook. Japan has internet and uses Facebook. Australia has the internet and uses Facebook. And so you saw an open network, dematerialized closed networks, and everyone migrate onto one singular global open standard. And the thesis of Strike and why I invented Strike in the first place is the vision that Bitcoin and the Lightning Network will do the same for money that the internet did for communication and that the pigeons and the horse carriages delivering messages, depending if San Francisco, sunny and Chicago is cold. is the same thing that I have Venmo and cash app. You have Revolut and Monzo. You have different bifurcated, segregated monetary networks. They can't talk to each other. They're optimized around different regulation, around different governance, around different standards. They have fixed costs. They have balance sheet float. Western Union sending a remittance to El Salvador could take up to 50%. Now, all of a sudden, we have a natively digital bear instrument. It physically settles anywhere in the world. It's the same monetary policy and monetary standard any continent, any place, any jurisdiction, any time. And we have a monetary network in Lightning and a monetary standard that can allow that digital physical instrument to achieve achieve cash finality instantly. And so what I'm saying is the Bitcoin and Lightning network as a monetary network is the same when internet was for communications. We're going to start to see the dematerialization of All of these independent, segregated monetary networks are going to get crushed and we're all going to migrate. And so sending communication to someone like a Facebook post or a tweet, sending money to someone will be just as easy. It'll be free, instant, and borderless, just like Twitter is today. Sending money will be also.
1: Well, it's interesting because like you, I've been going to El Salvador for a while. And um, one of the things that stood out to me last time I went was... Uh, like for the first time I went, I met Michael Peterson and he took me up to uh I think it's Jorge's mom's area and I bought some pupusas and I paid on using my blue wallet, and it was like this cool kind of novelty. And I was like, Yeah, this is great, left, didn't think too much about it. Came back, spent some time there with you, used it a couple of times. What happened was on my last trip, uh, I used um my lightning wallet 30 to 35 times. Uh, I didn't arrive with dollars. I got to Zonte, As you know, there's no cash machine for dollars. Uh, every... <laughs> yeah, yeah what's, it, what a change is everywhere you go, pretty much, I think there's like one place that doesn't accept Bitcoin. So I didn't need dollars and I was happy to spend it. Uh, so I was spending it, uh, you know, buying a coffee from Enzo or you're buying dinner at Garton, whatever, whatever I was doing, I was spending it. And then what happened, I was there when the Bitcoin law passed. I think that was September the 7th. And then I went into San Salvador and I bought a McDonald's with Bitcoin. Like the screens there give you a QR code. I went into Starbucks and I bought a coffee with Bitcoin. No longer was it a novelty. It's now convenience. It Actually, the really funny thing about this, Jack, which you'll appreciate, there's a couple of times where I've been here in the US now. I was like, you know, I haven't been able to have what I want. Like here in the hotel, okay, there was a cash machine, uh, but it only issued $20 bills. And I wanted to get like a soda from a machine and it wouldn't take the $20 bill and I didn't have any coins. So I didn't have any money. And I was thinking, I just need to be able to use my lightning wallet. There's been two or three incidents like that here in the U.S. I was thinking if I could just use my lightning wallet, life, life would be easier. It's no longer a novelty. It's a convenience.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, so firstly, uh, Seeing El Salvador expand Lightning Network interoperability on this singular global monetary standard, what's so powerful about that, Peter, is there's no specific standard to McDonald's or if you're paying with a Visa card, you enter the chip. If you're paying with Apple Pay, you scan your fucking phone, right? If you're paying with cash, then you got to have a vaccine. There's none of that. It's a singular QR code standard. And the Lightning Network doesn't know if the payment's crossing borders. The Lightning Network doesn't know if you're getting a cheeseburger. The Lightning Network doesn't know of of your credit score. In the same way that a TCP IP request on the internet doesn't know if I'm fetching a picture of you, if I'm sending a tweet to you, if I'm texting you, internet communication is a singular standard. There is a protocol to integrate to implement global communication to anyone in the world. And now there is a protocol to implement, to integrate monetary settlement to anyone in the world. And so that is so cool. Sending a remittance payment to a contractor for you, Peter, is the same as buying a cheeseburger, is the same to buying his coffee. And Zante is the same to sending a tip to someone on Twitter. It's all the same. Singular global monetary settlement standard for the world. And so that is so powerful. So, as cool as it is for you to experience, it's what's expected. We have a singular standard, a singular experience to achieve monetary settlement between us human beings. And the fact that it isn't in the US, I mean, it cracks me up. It'd be the equivalent of. El Salvador enabling the internet and you being, wow, this is so cool. I can go to google.com and index the entire worldwide web from my phone. And then you go home and in order to send a message, you court your pigeon over and send it to fly over to your mate down the block. I mean, you're living in a disruptive time and some people are way behind others. Unfortunately, the US is not as advanced as El Salvador, which is something I never thought I'd say, but here we
1: are. Well, it's the walled gardens that people put up and the, uh, uh, the interests that people have in certain businesses. I'm hugely suspicious of the banking sector, even more so now than I was like, I don't know, six months or a year ago because of the reality of my experience down in El Salvador. And I do wonder where all these kind of hit pieces from the MSM, mainstream media come from, because, you know, look at it right now. You, you know my experience. I had a bank account with Lloyds Bank high street branch was with them 25 years. They shut me down at six weeks notice because I wouldn't tell them what I was spending money on. And you know what? When I moved from them, I got a neobank service. And now I operate my business and personally uh, and personal accounts with a neobank and with Bitcoin. I use both of them. I use a neobank because I, I need to pay for certain things in pounds. I need some mm-hmm. stable currency. And then I store everything else in Bitcoin because I don't trust anyone else holding my money. And also, there are people I pay or get paid by in Bitcoin. And that transition is only going to become more Bitcoin-based. And perhaps maybe it's an account with something like Strike where my pounds are actually stored and sent across the Lightning Network to be seen uh, when I get my strike account, Jack. But the point being is that I think these banks are absolutely fucked. Um, and the reason I think they're fucked is because what you like Blockbuster, their asset was the high street branch. Now it's their liability. It's expensive to run. It's. You know, it, In some ways, they're, decentral, they're decentralized to their harm because they have all these branches everywhere. I mean, hundreds are closing down in the UK. So I think they're absolutely fucked. But I think they're going to do everything they can to get in the way first, which is why in the UK it's very hard to use banks to buy Bitcoin on exchanges. They make life difficult. So I think that sector is, uh, is ripe for disrupting, but in a way well, that not everyone else thinks.
0: Of course, right? Okay, so let's break this apart. Uh, The legacy banks like Wells Fargo, for example, I mean, their technology is 40 years old. They can't build a neobank. They don't know what my exact balance is at any given second. They're dealing with technology that was written by people that are now dead. I mean, their technology is older than than my dad. So, I mean, they're already being disrupted, right? You're seeing this giant neobank bank a market emerge cash apps worth over a hundred billion dollars chimes worth over 30 billion dollars venmo and paypal are worth 300 billion dollars i mean there's a tremendous amount of value transfer going from legacy financial experience to a more modernized mobile first financial experience that's been built on new technology and so that is exclusive of bitcoin right like banks just suck um so okay fair point now i i want to talk about so yes, Revolut's cool. So but let's say exclusive of Bitcoin. Everyone has an opinion on Bitcoin. It threatens people. It seems to get Steve Hanky Panky all wound up sometimes, but there it's just a, it, it the monetary network of Bitcoin and Lightning Peter, it just offers such clear efficiencies. Mm-hmm. It's in it's an option that you have is do you want to achieve physical bare instrument settlement instantly and at no cost anywhere in the world or not? And you don't have to touch Bitcoin asset. So, for example, Peter, a remittance payment between you and I in a not-so-distant future could be my strike account sending $100. So strike's going to take $100 out of my strike account, live convert it under the hood to Bitcoin, zip it over the Lightning Network to the UK, where it physically lands in the UK. That's not credit. That's not balance sheet float. There were no pounds sitting waiting for me. This is a physical Bitcoin that crossed an ocean and went into a new country, a new border, a new jurisdiction in less than a second and at no cost. And you take that physical bear instrument, that physical commodity, and you change it right back into pounds and it gets into your Revolut wallet. And so Strike and Revolut become interoperable. How? How? The Revolut network and the Strike network? No, we're all on the same open standard to achieve finality between each other and that does not mean that we need to be holding bitcoin that does not mean we all need to think bitcoin's going to the moon although everyone knows i do that's not a requirement to uh, operating on top of a singular standard for instant free finality of money anywhere in the world and so it'd be the equivalent peter of like nowadays any nba team any newscasting service i was just on cnbc you all upload your videos to youtube you upload your videos To the communications protocol where you have instant, free, global connectivity to communicate. Can you imagine if a TV sector didn't upload all their content to the internet? All of a sudden, it would be bifurcated, it would be independent, it would be segregated, it wouldn't be global, it would be expensive, and people wouldn't have access to it. And so not operating on the singular open network, whether it's communication and now whether it's money, is doing a disservice to your customers and to your ambitions. And so for me, it's a no-brainer. And and Twitter realizing that, El Salvador realizing that, you're starting to see the inherent network effects that come with open systems and the clear disruption. And again, what the internet did for communications, the Bitcoin and Lightning network will do for money. I firmly believe that.
1: Yep. I firmly believe that I agree with everything you've said, but there are interested parties who aren't going to make life easy for Bitcoin or Bitcoiners or you know people who are trying to build on this open monetary network because they're powerful companies worth billions of dollars. They uh, and you know what the weird thing is is that it's companies like this. The first one, the first you know Chase or Wells Fargo, one of those companies who actually realizes this and adopts Bitcoin, they're going to be light years ahead of the other banks which sit oh, on yeah. the high streets but they're all scared they're all pushing it away and i do wonder if they've got like they've got the tentacles elsewhere to try and prevent this try to make it a bit more difficult but listen bitcoiners are quite wealthy now we can fight back
0: oh it's not about wealth i mean so listen uh markets
1: are buying well a- it, i mean i know but uh, what i mean is it's like the the recent work done by i think it's david bailey and cj wilson looking at creating s packs super packs so they can actually finance uh uh, people to run against those who are anti-Bitcoin, which I think is interesting and, you know, money talks in politics.
0: Sure. Sure. But I think I I really do. I, I firmly believe that this should live exclusive of politics. I think, um, I mean, I'm not surprised people are upset. Um, markets are, are binary, right? In the sense that for every winner, there's a loser. There's no tying in markets. There's no draw in markets, And so when you see disruption and you see innovation happening and people creating wealth and there's a net benefit to someone, that means someone lost wealth and there's a net loss to someone. And so I do expect independent, bifurcated, legacy, financial, closed monetary networks to be disrupted and dematerialized onto a singular monetary network. So I do expect that. But I also think it should be thought of as the world moving forward in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I mean, think of the... Think of the absolute disruption innovation that the internet did, but not only that, but also how it improved the quality of lives all over the world, how it improved the quality of lives in the emerging markets in the third world. And for people that needed it most, I mean, the world is not only a different place, Peter, but a better place because communication went from closed independent networks that were localized to an open singular global standard for everyone to prosper. Right. And to draw that akin to money. Money is a more viral product than communication. Money is one of the most viral products of all time. If we can move money onto a singular global open standard like we did for the internet, not only will the world change, but it will be a tremendously better place and we'll be able to help reinstill basic human freedoms and increase the quality of life for all 8 billion people on the planet. And so I can understand as a businessman why someone would be upset, but as a morally principled human being, we're doing right by our species and we're making the world a better place. And I think that's that's what this should be about. And the last thing that I'll say, Pete, is that in an open network and in a truly free market, competition is inherent and needed and required. Open networks don't care who is first. If open networks cared who is first, then the first social network to hop onto the communications protocol, the internet, dubbed MySpace, would still be here. They're not. Open networks care, about the experience and the brand. Those are the winners over the long test of time. And so what then we'll start to see is true free market open network competition for money, which we've never seen. We saw it for communication and TV networks that were legacy and old and slow and suited, lost to YouTube entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. Huge,
1: Mm. the
0: old legacy newspaper publishers, That would trash people that they didn't like and media is a rigged game they lost to twitter right and so what i'm saying and and you can see where i'm going with this the old nasty visa oligarchs that when i walk into a a coffee shop right now pete how am i paying for this coffee is a dumb question i'm either using the visa network the mastercard network that's it it is a monopoly It is a closed-loop system where they're dominant. All of a sudden, if that coffee shop is on this singular global, global interoperable value transfer protocol for money, I can use Twitter to check out at Dunkin' Donuts. I could use Facebook to buy my Costco groceries. I could use Instagram to check out at Walmart, right? I could do so all of a sudden, competition for the monetary experience of the world is going to be open. It's going to be competitive, and people are going to migrate towards the best experience and the best brand. And so I think that that's a tremendously powerful concept. And what a more liberated world! Now the consumer can interoperate with monetary settlement on their own standard in the same way that I can enter the web, Peter, I can enter the communications protocol dubbed the internet through Google Chrome, that's going to track everything about me, but deliver a great experience, or I can enter it through Tor, which is a lesser experience, not as sweet and clean, but enhances my privacy. Soon in a world, or if you live in El Salvador already, or if you want to tip me on Twitter, you could use Strike. We have to comply with regulators. We KYC you, or you could use MoonWallet, or you could use Lightning over tour, right? A free market. It's going to drive innovation. It's going to disrupt. It's going to allow people to have to adapt and optimize around the best experience and the best brand. it's going to ultimately put the power in the consumer when the protocol lives external of a localized regulation, localized limitations, geographic limitations, right? And so I think that internet to to Bitcoin and lightning, it's a really, really powerful thing. And that's what's so cool about the Twitter integration. It's because you're taking a native internet network that optimized around the experience for communication, and now they're bleeding into the optimizing around the experience for money because for the first time, the communications protocol has a counterpart for money.
1: Next up, i talked to Jack more about Twitter's Bitcoin integration. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors. And first up, let's talk about Gemini, who I am using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. But you know what I'm only buying? I'm still not selling. I'm not selling. I haven't sold a single sat through Gemini not even on this latest sell off. With China ban number 7,442, I've still not sold any Bitcoin, but I am buying the dips. I'm going to buy the dip today, and I'm using the Gemini app for that. But I also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin. And you know what? I'm yet to see a better or easier interface for buying Bitcoin. With a streamlined trading view, you have access to all the tools you need to understand Bitcoin and start investing all through one clear, attractive interface. If you want to find out more, please head over to Gemini.com, which is G-E-M-I-N-I.com. And next up is my newest sponsor, Compass Mining. Wow, you guys are loving Compass Mining. So many inquiries. I think Wit's going to be very happy with me. Now... They're not just a sponsor though. I'm actually a customer of theirs. I am now mining Bitcoin using my dollars with their equipment and their facilities. I've been mining for 37 days and I've now mined 0.108 Bitcoin which is worth over $4,600. It looks like over the space of a year I might mine a whole Bitcoin and you know what if it wasn't for China ban number 7,442 the value of that Bitcoin would be much higher. It's so good to be back mining. And you know, I just fucking love these guys. Compass makes mining accessible to everyone. And as a Bitcoin, I'm happy to be supporting the decentralized growth of the hash rate. It was so easy to get onboarded. And now anyone can mine Bitcoin. You just pick your machines, choose your hosting facility, and they do all the legwork for you. Now, if you're interested in mining or you want to find out more, please head over to compassmining.io, which is compassminin dot I-O. And next up, we have BlockFi. are pleased to announce they recently launched the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. Now, if you're in the US and you own or you're interested in owning Bitcoin or stacking more sats, then the BlockFi Rewards credit card provides you the easiest way to earn Bitcoin because you get 1.5% back in Bitcoin on every card purchase and there is no annual fee. And you're not through the first three months of card ownership. You get 3.5% back And everything you spend over $50,000 gets you 2% back in Bitcoin on every purchase. If you are interested in finding out more, then please head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. And this week we finish off with Ledger, the world's most popular hardware wallet. Now, if you've got a hardware wallet, you understand this. If you haven't, well, a hardware wallet allows you to take custody of your Bitcoin. You physically take custody of your Bitcoin. You hold it. You're in control. And with Ledger, I've been a customer there since 2017. And I bought a Nano S back then, and I am still using that same one now. Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using their Ledger Live software, and that's going to interface with your device. And you can even connect your Nano S to your Android phone and manage your Bitcoin on the go. If you want to find out more, please head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Let's look at this at a micro level and a macro level. Okay, on the micro level now, one of the most interesting things is if you look at their Twitter product roadmap recently, they've been providing amazing tools for content creators, email newsletters and spaces, and Twitter itself has just got better and better. Adding into that the ability to have Bitcoin tips, it means that anyone in the world with a mobile phone Uh, an internet connection, a Twitter account can now create content and get paid for it. And I'm assuming at some point we'll be able to uh, also be able to uh, add commerce facilities to be able to sell products around the world. But that is huge. that is huge—that Anybody in the world can now, because we've got people out there who can create uh, content on various other platforms, closed platforms like Patreon, but they're not interoperable. And also, you've got to think that <laughs> I can't imagine someone in El Salvador in the middle of nowhere could, could be able to receive payments through that. So you've now, working along with Twitter, you've made it there so any content creator or any commerce provider can now get paid by anyone in the world. That's huge at a micro level. And then at a macro level, I'm thinking... It's going to be very obvious to the likes of um, Starbucks and Walmarts and uh, McDonald's that they're actually saving on fees from the Visa network, from the MasterCard network, by having people getting paid and paying using this open monetary network. And so at a macro level, there's a reason now for these large, super large companies around the world to actually start considering this as another option alongside Visa and MasterCard. So, you know, micro and macro levels, Jack.
0: Yeah, okay. Ton of, ton of comments on that. You're yeah, absolutely sorry. correct. No, I'm no, sorry. It's a great <laughs> I mean, I have so many thoughts. So firstly, with Twitter's integration to with the Bitcoin Lightning network, all of a sudden Twitter becomes one of the best remitting experiences in the world. Right? I can send $10 from my house in the United States to my friend David in El Salvador instantly and at no cost over Twitter. Why would anyone ever use Western Union again? Okay, All of a sudden, Twitter becomes one of the better payment methods in the world. My friend David receives the $10 over Twitter instantly for free and at no cost, a cross-border payment that traditionally Western Union would have took days and upwards of 50% to settle. And he can then turn around and buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks in El Salvador with his Twitter account, let's say. By integrating the Bitcoin and Lightning Network, Twitter also becomes one of the best acquiring solutions for content creators in the world. All of a sudden, Peter, I can post content. I could post a picture of my sexy six-pack abs on Twitter, and anyone in the world, make no mistake, I shouldn't joke about this, make no mistake, anyone in the world, for the first time in human history, could tip me any amount, it's going to get there instantly, it's going to cost me nothing and I'm gonna just get dollars in my bank account. I don't care if the person tipping me is in Japan with Japanese yen, if they're in Frankfurt and they're using Euro, they're in London and they're using pounds, they're in Nigeria and they're using the Naira, it doesn't matter that there's now an open network standard that can escrow that value to me sitting in this women's closet instantly and at no cost. It's magical. And so Twitter becomes a remitting experience, Twitter becomes payment experience. Twitter becomes an acquiring experience. All of a sudden, Twitter becomes one of the most power financial global experiences in the world. They've achieved what all of the visas, the Western unions, the Shopify's have been working towards for the decades they achieved with one integration. And what does that tell you? That tells you that on this open global monetary network standard, there's no difference between a Western union, uh, a remitting Western Union payment and a and a payment for Starbucks and a payment for an online service or a good or for content. There's no difference. They're all just Bolt 11 Lightning Network payments. It knows no borders. It knows no race. It knows no gender. It knows no governance. It knows, doesn't know that Joe Biden is my president. It doesn't know any of that. And so just by being interoperable with the standard, you achieve all monetary functions out of the box. Out of the box, so it's an insanely cool concept. It's an insanely cool concept, uh, and then for I mean saving on uh, fees to process payments. You know, I actually think that this. I think I've told you this story before, but I think that this is very akin to the Linux story. You know what happened for those unfamiliar with Linux? Microsoft had a similar monopoly on OS that card processors have. Uh, today on processing payments, right? They were the singular dominant Godzilla in the room, arguably charged way too much, wasn't improving their product, customer service was terrible. And so what companies would do is integrate air quote Linux, flirt with it, entertain it a little bit. Hey, this thing is open. This thing doesn't have any one ruler or one master. Everyone in the world is contributing to this Linux thing and it's free. And we're going to integrate it and they used it as leverage to negotiate with Microsoft as a potential threat and say, hey, you know how you guys are charging us X? Well, bring that pricing down to Y, because look at this free thing we're flirting and playing with. You may want to be nicer. Your customer support has taken two weeks to reply. You may want to make sure they reply in two days. You guys haven't released a new feature in two years. You may want to start releasing product enhancements every two months. And you started to see, and it was initially just a leverage play. People thought it was cute. Linux wasn't widely distributed. But then all of a sudden it was open and it had network effects. It took on a mind of its own and Linux became the dominant OS. And I think the same is happening for Lightning. Oh, Lightning's cute. Not many people are on it. Look how many locked Bitcoin. What's the capacity on the Lightning Network, which is an inaccurate metric and shouldn't ever be referenced ever. Um, but yeah, let's use it. It's free. If I'm an acquirer, if I'm McDonald's in El Salvador, all of a sudden the Visa, Visa network charging me 2.9% to receive a payment from Peter. But if Peter scans an open interoperable QR code with any of the existing services, including maybe his Twitter account to escrow me value. I don't pay anything. That payment's not reversible. That payment settles instantly. The money I get, I can spend right away. I don't have to wait Visa to clear it from my account. Yeah, let's integrate that. Hey, Visa, you sure that's how much it costs? 2.9%? You sure it's not 1.9%? You sure you don't want to be a little nicer? And then all of a sudden, it's McDonald's in El Salvador, turns to um, the entire country of El Salvador, Turns to one of the largest social networks in Twitter, and before you know it, is the Lightning Network is the singular monetary standard for instant, physical, and free clearance going to become the predominant monetary standard for the entire world and usurp these Godzilla-like aliens and old heads that have a monopoly today. I think history history doesn't repeat itself, but it may just rhyme. Peter, I'm not a rapper but it may rhyme just a little
1: bit. I'm sure you could rap if you wanted to. You're so competitive. (laughs) You'd, You'd figure it out. Listen, we spent a lot of time together this year and, uh, you told me about being in a Paris hotel room and drawing up the sketch for, for zap, what was originally zap. And, uh, Uh, No, sorry, it was for Strike, wasn't it? You already had Zap, you already had the Zap wallet, you'd had some issues with raising funds, and then you drew up what Strike was on a piece of paper. I'm sure I've seen it online. By the way, do you have that piece of paper or did somebody got his artwork?
0: No, it's in my room. Yeah, I mean, so I was working on Zap, this open source Lightning Network wallet, and it was then when I realized like, oh my gosh, the Lightning Network isn't a way to make my withdrawals from Kraken cheaper and faster. The Lightning Mm -hmm. Network is a unified standard for the world to achieve instant global free monetary settlement in the way that the internet was a way for the world to achieve instant global free communication. And I drew it on a piece of paper. And my girlfriend at the time was like, why aren't we going to dinner? And I was like, I think I I just figured out a vision for an open standard for money. Like the internet is for communication. And she was like, that's it. You're single. And that's how it went.
1: (laughs) fail <laughs> ah, whatever right. man you did it though but like the story itself is fascinating but this thinking of it and then seeing it happen like i'm sure many people have had visionary ideas before that haven't yeah, you know, haven't come to fruition and then we're here we are you know years later and we have a country which has world uh, nationwide adoption of bitcoin you can go to any town in El Salvador. And if they've got a major, let's let's start, they've got a major chain. If they've got a Pizza Hut, a Starbucks, a McDonald's, a Walmart, they accept Bitcoin. You've got El El Zonte where the entire town has it. Other people consider it. This has now happened. You've also now got Twitter integrating it so you can send money all around the world. Like, there's thinking of it, Jack, and then it's happening. And then the next two things that makes me think of is like well, how far does this go now or how quickly does it go because it feels like that gradually then suddenly moment and secondly um, a bit of a shout out to all the uh, the lightning devs who've worked on this in advance because look i i was one of those morons cuz i am I, I take a long time to learn things I, i'm not as quick as you Jack, I'm, I'm older and i've got an older brain but i, I take a lot longer to like s- see the vision that people have and I didn't want I didn't use lightning it was, like I said before it was a novelty, but really, what it was is all the hard work was done in advance when people didn't want to spend it ready for a time like now, ready for when companies can integrate so two completely different points, but I'll leave those with you
0: yeah i uh, I have a few thoughts I mean the first um yeah, is it crazy that I drew in a notebook in a hotel in Paris and uh I founded Strike officially eighteen months ago and to see Twitter integrate our software uh And make it accessible to 200 million people. Um, Yeah, of course it is. I mean, I'd be a liar if I said otherwise. But, uh, you know, I have an amazing team around me and amazing people around me, amazing friends, amazing family. Uh, And to be honest, man, my life hasn't really changed much. And I think a lot of the credit goes to everyone that's been a part of this. And as it may seem, crazy from the outside to watch me go from a youtube show with vortex i used to do the first time i ever talked about lightning network on the internet to uh, cnbc vortex. um but i don't care i've been working on bitcoin for close to a decade at this point um i think it's The the best way I can deliver the most outside impact to the world while I'm on this planet, Uh, I really truly firmly believe that. Uh, And so, uh, not nothing has changed for me. I just keep working on Bitcoin, and uh, I'm just really proud of my team and proud of everyone that has been a part of this. I mean, this is. Credit to the communities, credit to the devs, to the plebs, to the people that fought off the block size war, the angry, malicious, hostile maxis that defended this monetary network and this monetary policy to enable it to us rise humanity and reinstill human freedoms and give a third world country hope and give an open internet work business a new form of life and way to communicate and relate and integrate with their users. This is because all those people that didn't let Roger Ver come in and walk all over us this is all the Bitcoin core developers, right? So I share in all of that. And I, I feel like I'm playing a small part and just doing the best I can for the, uh, network effects is what I think you're talking about. I, th- I don't, and mm-hmm. in, in, right I, now for Zante turns to El Salvador, turns to Twitter What I don't think people appreciate about this, Peter, is yes, there is a very material difference in physical settlement between the Visa network and the Lightning network. Lightning network is instant, free, and global. Visa network, it takes time, is expensive, and is not global. Okay, so that's a material difference. One of the more important differences is it's also the Lightning network is open, the Visa network is closed. This is hugely important. Open networks come with network effects and economies of scale, Peter, that are unprecedented that you've never seen before, right? Let's again, draw it akin to the internet, Google. Google's value prop as a company was to be the indexing system for the internet. Anything you wanted to find on the internet that you wanted to search, that you wanted to connect to, you go through Google. And so in a weird way, Google, for example, today could not build another feature this year. Fire all the employees, tell everyone to go home, until the year 2022. Go to the beach. Google will be a better company January 1st, 2022 than it is today. How? Because everyone else in the world is still making the internet better. There are new websites coming onto the internet. Every new website that joins the internet protocol makes Google a more valuable company. It allows Google to index one more potential search right? That is a network effect, an economy of scale that is unprecedented. So when Twitter came onto the internet protocol and the internet network, Google wasn't mad, Google was happy. And this is the same for the open monetary network and the open standard for monetary settlement that is Bitcoin and Lightning, right? All of a sudden, Peter Naive, the president of El Salvador looks like a genius. All of a sudden, he has merchants that are accepting physical payment at his mcdonald's and people could check out with their twitter all of a sudden peter his population cannot use western union that is slow dangerous and expensive and they can use their twitter account to remit any size of payment from anyone in the world he peter does el salvador have the resources to engineer the most advanced monetary infrastructure of any country in the world? Peter, the population of El Salvador is smaller than Manhattan. Peter, El Salvador doesn't have a Stanford University. Peter, El Salvador doesn't have Jack Dorsey in San Francisco HQ of Square. Peter, I work out of Chicago, but we're all making the Bitcoin and Lightning Network better. And so... El Salvador doesn't have to do anything. They could not focus on Bitcoin ever again, and their monetary infrastructure is going to improve and remain on the forefront of innovation, no matter what, because of open network network effects. All of a sudden, Naib went from his citizens getting bullied by legacy financial systems upwards to the price tag of four hundred million dollars using Western Union to free instant any size anywhere in the world over Twitter, and he didn't do anything. He just interoperated with the network. Reversely, Twitter cares about engagement. Peter, Twitter's not taking a fee on any of these tips. Twitter cares that more people come to the service, that more people engage, that more people converse, that more people use the application. All of a sudden, people are opening their Twitter app not to tweet, not to read the news, to remit money. Are you kidding me? Talk about engagement. Twitter went from a communications platform on the internet to a financial service that just disrupted Western Union. They took over an entire industry. Why would anyone send money to El Salvador with any other service besides Twitter ever again? And so Twitter didn't converse with Naib. Twitter didn't ensure the El Salvador bill got passed first. All they did was interoperate. That's it. And they benefited from the network effects of El Salvador. And so these peers that come onto an open system, they're all additive. They all benefit from each other. And as the network gets bigger and bigger, everybody wins. And so people don't appreciate the network effects. And the last thing I'll say is that early participants to an open network gain the most. And so I think you made this point as well. The ones that join first win. Right, And so it ends up becoming a race. So once you see Twitter join, if I am another social media company, or once you see Starbucks in El Salvador, if I'm another retailer, it becomes more of a risk not to join than it does to Sim. weight, right, and to join. So anyway, rant over. Uh, I think all that's tremendously important. Yeah, that's all
1: I am. I'm a walking That that video is going to end up on YouTube. uh, Twitter, sorry. So listen, I'm going to talk a little bit about Bukele because uh, I got the chance to sit down with him again. And whatever you think of him, let's separate the politics from the policy right now. Uh, There are people out there who want this project to fail. And I find that morally morally highly questionable because uh, a success for this project is a success for the people of El Salvador. A country that has had a chequered history, uh, is a third world country, is relatively poor. We know 70% of the people do not have access to banking services. Success for this country is that everybody gets access to banking countries. Everyone can send money to and from each other close to free. It's Success if the three million Salvadorians who are in the US over there earning money send back to their family can send money back for free. People want this to fail, but actually... If you want that to fail, you want to bring pain and suffering onto people who don't deserve it. You should want this to be a success. So separate the politics from the policy, I think is a brave move. Uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of companies looking at MicroStrategy and thinking, shit, I wish I would have done that. I wish we were you. I wish I had the bollocks of Michael Saylor. But they didn't. Okay. Apple didn't. Microsoft didn't, right? And now what I think is going to happen is other countries are going to be looking at El Salvador in a few years and thinking, shit. I wish I'd done it first. So I don't really want to going with this. This is more of a Jack, Jack Muller's rant. Um, I what I will it. say, I <laughs> what I will say is that I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm just going to rant. <laughs> That's it. I think yeah. this is fucking brilliant, Jack. I uh, honestly, dude, I've just got to spend so much time with you this year and really watch this like for, as, as like a little window into what you're doing. And I think it's incredible. I'm very proud of you. Uh, i I'm, feel very lucky to have the opportunity to talk to you like this. And I'm going to sit down with you soon in the next few weeks, we're going to have a beer and we're going to maybe snort snort some caviar.
0: No, I can say for the, for the comment on, you know, I'm exclusive of naive and I'm not, you know, I'm not a politician. I don't want to speak on politics, but what he's doing for Bitcoin, I think is tremendously brave and inspiring. And the people that want it to fail, I think are absolutely disgusting. I think, Access to sound money and an ability to save and grow your wealth is a fundamental human right. And having access to a monetary network that acts in your best interest and that doesn't gatekeep access to high quality and charge you large fees and put you in danger. um, I think having access to a free, fair, monetary payment standard is also a fundamental human right. And so I think Naive is not only acting in the best interests of his country, but he's acting in the best interest of humanity in his efforts with Bitcoin. And people like Steve Hankey honestly reminds me of like a sour ex-girlfriend. It's like, you know, having having your ex find, find a happy life somewhere else and being pissed off about it. Get over yourself. It's insecurity. It's disgusting. And Bitcoin is an opt-in system. It's not required or mandated on any. It's an open network. And the fact that it's improving people's lives and that makes you upset in a way in which you have to maliciously act against it is absolutely disgusting. And as a, as a principled man, people like that should be ashamed. They should be ashamed. As a businessman, fine. But as a principled man, don't get in the way of people improving the quality of their life. In in such a way that hasn't been done in over 200 years, it's absolutely disgusting and shameful. So I wanted to make sure I said that. But yeah, man, I mean, I love you. I mean, we've been through a hell of a journey. And uh, I appreciate everything you've done for me. And uh, I think this is only the beginning, by the way. I don't look at course, things man. like El Salvador and Twitter as a finish line. I, I think uh, I think of it as a starting point
1: dude i love you too i think you're amazing hanky you can eat a bag of dicks uh congratulations <laughs> on today it's fucking incredible news uh i i just i'm waiting to see what you're going to top it with next uh but i'm sure you will i'm sure i'm going to get a call from you in a couple of months or a few weeks and say pete <laughs> need to make another show i've done this i've done that like uh, let's talk about it but listen very proud of you man keep crushing it look after your health uh keep crushing it keep just doing what you do and i will see you very soon brother
0: yeah i appreciate it man Jesus.
1: Alrighty, how about that then? <laughs> insane right. Wow. What a year. So much stuff's been happening. I never I never saw this. I never saw a country making Bitcoin legal tender this early. But here we are. Tesla has Bitcoin on the balance sheet. MicroStrategy. Well, they've got a Bitcoin standard. We had a country make Bitcoin legal tender and now Twitter has integrated Bitcoin. There's so much stuff that's happened. It's insane. I feel like we're in that very early stage of hyper-Bitcoinization. It's going to be crazy. Gradually, and then suddenly, as Parker Lewis would say. Now, this announcement is pretty cool. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. How big really is this? Now, Twitter might just be the start. The dominoes might already be falling. Everyone can plug into the open Bitcoin network and exchange value without friction, And the whole network benefits from each new domino. I'm bullish on Jack. I'm bullish on both Jacks. But Malaz, man, he's killing it. What a year he's have. I'm hopefully I'm going to catch up on the soon. I think I need to go and buy him a beer. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this one. If, if you've got any questions, you know what you can do. You can hit me up on my email. It's hello at Or you can jump into my Telegram group. And if you want to support the show, there's one thing you need to do. Just head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave me a review. Hope you, hopefully you think the show deserves five stars. My US tour continues. Next up is Nashville. Can't wait to get there. I've heard it's a party town. I've heard it's good for music. I fancy myself a little bit of country. Looking forward to getting there and, you know, going to a bunch of other places. Hopefully I will get to meet some of you soon. Anyway, have a great weekend. Love you all and I'll see you all next week.